0: Perich Mishne Gimel. The Mishnah presents a discussion regarding a potential issue of Muktzah and cleaning off the table after a meal. The Mishnah says, We may directly lift up bones or shells from the table. and do that by hand, leftover from a meal, as long as they're fit to feed to animals. So meaning, in the view of Be'i Shammai, as it's presented in our Mishnah, even though the bones, shells, the remnants from a meal are not fit for human consumption, nevertheless, since they remain fit for animal consumption, they're not muksas, there's no issue in moving those even directly by hand. However, the view of the Academy of Hillel is that in no tell as hatav it would be forbidden to directly by hand remove move the bones and shells, even if they're fit for animal consumption. Rather, he should take the whole board, they would put the food on these boards, in those times, so pick up the whole board, the tray, whatever it's on, and then you could do tilt them in outside, you know, you're moving the bones and shells indirectly, and then shake those off into the garbage. You may not move the bones and shells directly. What about Bishami's argument that it's still fit for something, i.e. you could feed it to your animal, viz. Hillel, and as it's presented in our Mishnah, makes the argument that that is not a redeeming factor because that's an entirely new way to categorize the bones and shells. Meaning, you know, when they were still attached to the edible portion, well, then they were part of that unit which was meant for human consumption. That was the reason you know, coming into Shabbos. Why, of course, the chicken the fruit, let's say, whatever it was that the bones and shells were attached to. So coming into Shabbos that obviously it was not muksa. But now you want to say that uh, even though it's now just the not fit for human consumption part by itself, that shouldn't be muksa because now you could use it for something else. Masilo says that's not going to work because the bones and shells were newly transformed into animal food on Shabbos. And so that's something we call nolat. It was, so to speak, newly born. I Meaning, essentially, we're discussing items that came into existence on Shabbos. Now, of course, that's not true in the physical sense. But the idea is that, being that it was only upon the physical separation of the bones, the shells, from the rest of the food, that oh now they would be categorized as animal food. So that's an attempt to apply a brand new designation to the bones and shells on Shabbos, and doing so will not avoid the Muksa problem, no, just the opposite, because it was newly designated that way on Shabbos, it will be branded as Nolad, for that the reason itself shall be muksa. Even though the text of our Mishnah presents Basila's the stringent opinion, Shammai is Shammai as the lenient opinion, which of course is against the norm, I mean, normally it's Basila who takes the more lenient position, the Gemara actually says, this is a case of Makhlefes, Ashita, the opinions got switched around. And in reality, is the opinion who says that there's no issue of Mukta here at all. Hillel is not concerned about this nolet issue. Rather, Basil Hillel says since the four Shabbos is fit for some kind of consumption and the bone shells remain fit for consumption, it's not an issue, it's not mukta Meshama is the opinion who says that no, no, you can't move the bone shells directly because of the nolet issue. That now it's a new type of designation, so it is an issue of muktzah. The Mishnah states further that according to, as the Gemara concludes, Beis lenient opinion, the also is the mavir melifnei hashulchan. We also remove from the table and by hand directly the following items: pirurin, pachus, mekzayis, pieces of bread, even if they're smaller than the size of an olive. Veseir shall afunin. The outer part, the pods of chickpeas, lentil, pods, all of these may be moved directly, even though they're no longer fit for human consumption, people won't eat them. Because all of these will be given to animals for food, therefore, they would not be muks at all either. Another halachan Shabbos that pertains to cleaning the table, the Mishnah discusses the matter of sefog, cleaning the table using a wet sponge. So wet sponge presents a potential problem of shita squeezing out the wet sponge, which could be a biblically forbidden under the malacha of malabain. Assuming there's a water absorbed in the sponge, the act of squeezing that water out serves to clean the sponge. You can't do an act of real cleaning, laundering on Shabbos. It's a melacha. So the Misha says, is it ever permitted to use a sponge? The Mishra rules it depends if it has a leather handle then we are allowed to wipe the table with a wet sponge but otherwise if there's no handle we can't wipe the table with it. The reason is because if there's no handle the person's grasping the sponge by hand then the person will inevitably squeeze out some of the water. As such, that's forbidden even if didn't specifically intend to squeeze out any water, that wouldn't matter. For since, that will inevitably occur, it's called psychratia, meaning if the outcome is inevitable, the fact that the person is not specifically trying to produce that outcome does not justify doing it. Let's say you know, a person you know, turns on the light switch and says, oh, I don't intend for the light to go on. That's not a winning argument. Since that inevitably occurs, you'll be liable. Whereas if the sponge has a handle, then be able to, you know, lightly wipe the table without squeezing the sponge itself. In that case, since it's not inevitable that water will be squeezed out, it's permitted even if a little gets squeezed out. But since uh, it's not inevitable and he didn't intend for that, it will be permitted under the principle of davr She'in Maschaviyon. Another ruling regarding sponge, Whether the sponge has a leather handle or not, it may be moved on Shabbos. It's not mukta either way because it's definitely considered a keli, it's a utensil. Now, if it doesn't have a leather handle, then it wouldn't be you know, totally not mukta, it would be rather klisha malach to iser, meaning since you can't actually use it on Shabbos, so it's a utensil that has a forbidden use on Shabbos. So, in that case, it would only be permitted to, let's say, move it out of the way, but not just to you know, move it for no reason. The point is, it's not going to be, you know, absolutely muktzah because the fact is, it's a functional utensil. The Mishnah adds, "Ve'inu mikabel Even though we just said that it is a halachic utensil, it is not going to be susceptible to Tumma. For although having the designation of a halachic utensil is one of the prerequisites for an object to be susceptible to Tumma, it's not the only prerequisite. For if we look in the passage, that describes the different items that can Become Tame, mentions specific materials, like wood, sackcloth, metal, earthenware, leather, or a garment made of wool or linen. sponge is none of those materials, therefore, it is simply not susceptible to ritual impurity.